everybody to the choir room for more of our character studies as we are swinging back around here to talk some more season four some more of the season four kids that new age and the new era of kids that came on in when the alumni left in season three we've already gone through jake puckerman we've already gone through marley rose and we talked about somebody else right um no maybe that was it for that part of uh for these kids but we still have to get through Ryder. we're going to talk about kitty we're going to talk about unique and uh maybe there's somebody i'm missing but who knows uh today specifically though we are talking about Ryder lynn uh a podcast that i'm sure you were all very excited for just as excited for uh as you were for marley uh i don't know if you were excited for jake but we're gonna get into it all today uh talking through season four and five the time that we spend with Ryder, and of course his songs at the very end so aman i know that you were excited for the last ones but i'm afraid to ask how excited you are for this one Man, fuck Ryder Lynn, little bitch-ass motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look, um, Ryder, I, you know, I, I had a lot to say about Blake Jenner and his tenure on the Glee Project. I, I mean, I understood why he won. I kind of just felt like it was like one of those runaways. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you know when you get like those seasons of Drag Race where obviously there's a top contender and like no one seems to be challenging them, and all of a sudden they win the thing. And you're like to the surprise of no one. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt about his, you know, tenure on on the on the Glee project. So I was never really that jazzed that he came into the Glee universe. Although I will say that Blake Jenner is a pretty talented actor and a pretty good singer as well. He has one of the best male uh, uh, voices on the show. So I'm, I was able to. Res- um, Come to respect the character. It's unfortunate all the shit that we are hearing about him and Melissa Benoist. I still don't know how to pronounce her last name. Is it Benoist? Is it Benoist? Whatever it is. I say Benoist. Benoist. Benoist does sound much more elegant. Um, And Benoist sounds like moist, which I know pisses off a lot of people. But um, yeah, so it's it's kind of, it, it just sucks that, you know, this is the person that we are, that we are dealing with. But this podcast is about uh, Ryder Lynn, not Blake Jenner. We disavow everything. Um, that Blake Jenner has done in his relationship with Melissa. Fuck that. Horrible. Disgusting. But in mm-hmm. any case, um, yeah, Ryder Lynn, uh, yes. he's he's fine. He's fine. He's cool in a lot of ways. I feel like they sort of like just wrote for Blake. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's interesting, but I never really found Blake that interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the character really doesn't give you a whole lot. Um, I think in general, they kind of try to line him up to be the next like Finn Hudson, which, you know, Finn and uh, and Ryder are going to meet in that first episode that Ryder shows up in. And you kind of see that they're looking for some similarities to like cross the line here, especially, you know, as the season goes on, we're really going to have that love triangle between Jake and Ryder and Marley. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a different dynamic from the one that we had with Finn, Quinn and Rachel, but it, they're trying to recreate it in some way. Um, and Ryder, there's really nothing exciting to the character whatsoever. Uh, they're going to give him some interesting, like, some interesting characteristics about who he is and they're going to give him some interesting storylines um not you know we'll talk about how compelling they are along the way but they're going to give him stuff to make him less boring than the character is but ultimately not a character that like lands with me which is good because i 
do not care for the actor, as you just mentioned, for all those reasons uh, laid out already. And, uh, you know, the fact that I can just put this character aside, put the actor aside and, you know, not think of them much when it comes to my Glee experience is good. But, uh, you know, in line with all the other character studies, we are going to talk about him and, you know, how he, uh, you know, plays into the mix with all the other characters and what the writers were. The writers, I always see this always happens. The writers, the writers were uh, going for when they put this character on the show. So. Um, I don't know. Anything else to get into before we uh, start talking about Ryder? You want to like set up exactly who he is when we meet him? No, I think we kind of just should just hit the ground running with this character. There really isn't much, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're going to learn, you know, a little bit about about him in the first episode that he shows up in the role you were born to play, uh, where it's uh, episode five of that uh, of season four. So yeah, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, on the Glee project and, uh, you know, was the winner there. So he ended up getting the spot here on Glee. Um, I'm not exactly sure why it took them five episodes to write him in, maybe because there was just so much else going on with, you know, the alumni were still, you know, tying up loose ends. I mean, the episode before this that he shows up in is the breakup. So once all of that is out of the way, they're able to, you know, move forward with some new stuff here. Um, also, we had, you know, Jake and Marley get introduced and Kitty in the first episodes and uh, Unique is now here at McKinley. So they had a lot going on already. They didn't need Ryder just yet. But uh, Ryder's going to show up. He's out there dancing away on the football team. And that's where Finn is going to sweep on, swoop on in and uh, start chatting up with Coach Beast. And they're like, you know, maybe this guy would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, OK, I'll try it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just you kind of just drops right in. Right. Like. No backstory. He's just Ryder Land, cool kid, a little unfocused, could probably use something um, that you're willing to guide him through and teach him through, Finn. So why don't you why don't you give it a shot, Coach B says. And then from then on, it's just history, you know? Like, no more looking, no more. All the other guys in McK- at McKinley High, none of them can compare to this guy um, because he won seven episodes, and that's what the contract says. But in any case... Yeah, um, he Finn is going to reach out to Ryder um, and invade his study hall and, you know, pretty much just say to him then and there, like, look, um, hey, do you want to be a part of the Glee Club? Ryder, of course, I don't know who's, who knows who Finn is, being that Finn was on the football team and he uh, was captain of the or co-captain of the Glee Club when they won their nationals last year. And Finn entices him further by saying, yeah, I did all of that and I kept my grades up. And, you know, Ryder is having a little bit of trouble with the school thing. And so he's like, yeah, like, if you can somehow teach me in Glee Club how to keep my grades up and keep my football thing going on, then sure, I can give it a shot. So they agree to do a little audition later in the auditorium together. Yeah, we get that jukebox hero performance, which uh, kicks things off. And I mean, it's not my favorite. Uh, I don't have these song rankings up in front of me, so I can't quite... uh tell you where that one's going to go. Not that I would, but uh, I hope it's towards the bottom. It's just really, you know, doesn't do much for me. But um, yeah, he, him and Finn kind of, you know, click right off the bat. Finn, you know, kind of coming down to his level. Seems like he understands exactly who Ryder is right off the bat. Seems, sees a lot of himself in there, which is, you know, pretty obvious. And uh, yeah, Ryder's going to uh, end up in the Glee Club. Not right away. Uh, right now, uh, we're just actually getting him into the play. So uh, we're getting, you know, Grease is coming up and uh, auditions are going on. Ryder ends up landing the role of Danny Zuko pretty handily. Uh, Mike and Mercedes and Finn are all around, you know, they're, uh, they have Born to Hand Jive going. They're getting, you know, they're getting the kids in rehearsals and whatnot just 
to see, you know, auditions and, and all that stuff. So Ryder's going to end up with that role. He also is going to essentially meet Marley in this episode. I don't know if they knew each other before they got here, but uh, the formal introduction is going to come in this episode and, you know, seems pretty into her right off the bat, you know, pretty girl, boring guy, you know, it's the uh, dynamic that we're getting here. So, you know, that's his introduction. And of course, as he's going to end up being in Greece, uh, you know, he, uh, in the next episode gets that grease lightning performance uh, at the tire shop with all the guys. And uh, we're going to just kind of start to follow how his relationship is developing with Marley, if at all. Yeah. Um, he ends up being the good guy to her, to her bad guy boy drama i mean it's uh, the beginning half of season four is all about marley having to choose between Ryder and jake and all that we get from Ryder really is that he is the foil to jake everything that jake is not he is right he's the guy that actually cares and listens to what marley has to say he realizes that something is wrong with her when she is you know skipping lunches and 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 trying to throw up in the bat oh i guess it'd be pretty easy to figure out that something's wrong with you when you walk in on someone trying to purge although something Mm -hmm. that Ryder doesn't really do is seek further help for her like i kind of understand like you know the teenage brain if obviously there's something that she might want to keep to to herself and to, between the two of you you, you don't want to like involve other people any of the adults because you know you want to show that you can trust you and on top of that like before they went on to perform for greece um it seemed like he got through to her like he you know told her about this funny story about this guy who took laxatives at a wrestling competition and he shit himself on the uh in the ring and then it made her laugh and then he kissed her and this whole thing like so he probably felt like he was you know uh, i I can change her. I can cure her of her disorder. Like, she's going to be fine. But that was always something that kind of annoyed me, um, that he just wouldn't say um, what the hell was going on uh, yeah. with her and someone else, especially since her mom goes to the school. You know what I mean? And it doesn't go there, I mean, it, does, there. it does seem like a pretty big move to, like, go straight to this girl's mom that you're trying to, like, be with. And, you know, instead of yeah. you being the hero, yeah. especially, like, you're the high school sophomore. Like, you want to be the hero to come in and save the day. And uh, once he has that conversation with her, I think he thinks that, you know, he can fix uh, what, whatever's happening here by just, you know, being a good presence in her life and telling her this isn't a good idea. You shouldn't do it because, you know, he ends up he does end up walking out of the bathroom with her and they go on stage. They perform at Greece. I think they share a kiss there. Uh, Kitty comes by with, you know, her usual barrage of insults towards Marley and Ryder kind of Steps in to tell Kitty she's being a bitch and, you know, kind of save Marley from all that. So I think he's just really on this, you know, path right now of like feeling like he can save the day and, you know, and be by her side for all of this. Uh, we both ended up giving him gold star in that episode. It was, you know, his not his debut episode, the second episode. Uh, and it just I don't know. It was like a good look for him coming in. And, you know, especially at a time that Marley like needed somebody to be there to tell her not to do what she's doing and kind of lift her up a little bit. You know, Ryder was that guy. So not surprised that he ended up getting our stars there but yeah i mean he's gonna try to stick by marley's side like i keep saying and uh the only problem is of course uh as mentioned jake puckerman is still in the mix uh jake and kitty were together for a bit and then jake dumped kitty but there's still no full like you know plan here of uh for from marley to be you know telling us who she wants to be with what her what she has going on right now um Ryder is actually going to end up telling jake that he and marley have been seemingly together 
together since the musical. Uh, of course, that doesn't go over very well with Jake, and they end up getting into a fight in the middle of the hallway. One of like what, three am. fights in this episode I between am, the two of them. I am Superman, and I know what's happening. That was that was fight number one. Superman's gonna end up being fight number two, and I feel like this. Uh, maybe there's not a third, but uh, these two guys, you know, can't keep their hands off of each other, and maybe that's another fan fiction. But um, Ryder is going to end up joining the Glee Club in the dynamic duets episode. Finn is going to assign him and Jake the uh, a duet, which ends up being that Superman performance to try to fix their feud. They're all trying to fix the feuds in the Glee Club of the Week. So the Superman performance uh, gets put all together, ends up not going well because of the fight that happens right afterwards. Uh, They just cannot... Decide, uh, they, they just cannot get over, you know, the drama with each other because they both want to, uh, you know, get Marley's attention. Um, uh, but the rest of the episode's actually going to play out a little bit nicer for them after they get past all that. Yeah. So uh, Finn comes up with this gorgeous Schusterian idea about you guys just need to go in a room, go into a dark tunnel and explain your deepest, darkest fears with another. And then when you come out, you'll be better men for it. So go forth young glee club gentleman and they go ahead and do that in the locker room and uh, jake is you know pretty honest with Ryder about how he feels about because he's half black half white half jewish <laughs> he doesn't really feel like he fits in anywhere um it's it's hard for him to sort of find his place and find uh his identity and um writer uh isn't able to be as honest with him. Oh, I missed a certain point in this conversation. So Jake writes it down. Jake writes down his uh, his issues with uh, some of the stuff that he's going through. He tries to give it to Ryder. Ryder's like, just be a man and tell me yourself. Jake does. Then Ryder's like, I told you to read me your note because I couldn't read it. So now we find Ryder. Well, at this point, we don't really know what's going on with Ryder. Do we know, is it because he's literate? Can he not read period or is it something else? Jake goes ahead and then tells Finn, who then goes to the school administration and gets Ryder to take this really special exam. And it turns out that Ryder is dyslexic and he's been dealing with this unbeknownst to him for so long, always wondering why it takes him so long to grasp simple concepts and to read through material in class and why his grades are always plummeting. This is why. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, when we uh, were at the beginning of Sam's podcast about how I think when he introduces himself, I think he tells all the kids that he's dyslexic, and it's just not something that ever gets super explored further into Sam's storyline. Like, we get a lot of Sam being not the best student, but, uh, you know, we don't get too deep into the issue. Uh, Here, right off the bat, we get Ryder saying he literally, like, there's a note here in front of him with, like, not many words on it from Jake of just, you know, telling... Ryder his uh, Jake's Jake telling Ryder his secret uh, but Ryder's like I dude, I, I can't read it it's just it's not gonna happen and I don't want to sit here you know embarrassingly trying to stumble through it and you know you're going to make fun of me and whatnot. Uh, Jake, obviously not planning on making fun of him. Like this ends up being a nice moment between the two guys where Jake is going to go forward with all that stuff you just mentioned to try to help him out. Uh, and it ends up being, you know, pretty appreciated by Ryder in the long term of things. Uh, he ends up, you know, making appointments uh, with a specialist to help him through all this kind of stuff. Uh, and of course, by the end of the episode, uh, he ends up having to cancel plans with Marley because of the fact that he has these appointments now. Uh, and that's pretty much going to be the end of his relationship with Marley. It's a very easy way for the writers to have done what they did there. Uh, by <laughs> Gotta go. Kitty I'm smart like, now. <laughs> essentially. I mean, Kitty comes by and is like, oh, I guess writer's not that into you if he's canceling on your date. And Marley, you know, 
the gullible gal she is, is like, oh, you're right. I need to go take back control and ask Jake out. So there's that. Um, but overall, uh, the fact that they are addressing, you know, uh, dyslexia on the show. I remember us talking about how we don't know for sure that they handle it all the best way they could or took it with the care that they could have. Um, but I guess, I don't know. Do they get points for just approaching the topic at all? I don't know. What do you think? I I, I think so. I think that it's, you know, I, mean, I think that they definitely went a lot deeper into it than they did with Sam. And it, like, look, it is something that affects a lot of kids. Um, I've never really had to deal with anything like that before, so I don't really know what it's like. And I think that, if anything, for me, it certainly, um, if anything, it made me go and look and see, like, what it actually is like for people with dyslexia. And it's really, it seems very, very challenging. Like, and then all of the stuff that people, that people, uh, that dyslexic people have to do to, like, in order to, you know, actually mm-hmm. get through and memorize shit. And, you know, it's, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they hit on it. They, they don't really return to it that much, but I mean, I guess it's something that you really don't really want to... I, I, I think there's only so so much that, uh, material that you can mine from this, right? Like, what are you going to do every single every single episode, every single week? Is just, like, continue to talk about dyslexia? Or For sure. just continue to see progress? Yeah, at so. the very least, I guess maybe the scene can be seen scene can be seen in a way to uh, maybe just remind like younger people that are watching. Obviously, the show is kind of more targeted as uh, whatever age yeah. we were when we were watching it and even younger uh, of just kind of like the general like message of like you never know what anybody's going through kind of thing. You never know what somebody is right. dealing with that you have no idea about. Ryder's this good looking guy on the football team who can sing and dance or at least sing. Uh, and, you know, you have no idea that he's dealing with his entire other struggle that affects his entire you know school performance. And so, uh, you know, at the very least, it, it covers that kind of thing for the younger audience. Um, but with, you know, Ryder being Ryder, uh, just not relating, relating to the dyslexia of it all, just the fact that he is Ryder, not the most exciting person, uh, you know, he ends up, you know, not being the favorite in this battle for, uh, for Marley. Jake ends up sneaking on in and uh, starting to date Marley as uh, they're going to, you know, sing a couple times together. Uh, and he starts to feel bad about it, Jake, that is. So Ryder ends up being a little bit cool about it because it's like, all right, whatever, like, you know. They were already fighting plenty of times back and forth. If Marley made her mind up and she wants to be with Jake, you know, what am I going to be able to do about it? Uh, so, yeah, Jake feels bad about it. He ends up letting Ryder have, like, the dance lead there for the sectionals performance for Gognum Style. Uh, obviously, by the end of the episode, Ryder's like, Jake, dude, you're obviously a lot better than me. You need to go in. We need our star player. And he fakes an injury or something, right, to be like, oh, I pulled this. I, ca- I can't do it, uh, you know, trying to make up some BS. But um, at least, you know, we're, we're seeing the friendship is kind of still, uh, you know, uh, keeping its head above water here because otherwise I don't know what we would be doing with these three. Yeah, um, I do like that Jake was like, look, like I am with Marley again. If it's if it's going to make us uncool, like if we're going to go back to fighting, then I will end it, which I'm like, wow, damn. I guess, you know, the old saying, well, I don't want to call Marley a hoe, but like, what, like, why are we on that that kind of mentality already? You guys just became friends. Like your loyalty definitely should be to Marley here, but that's fine. Um, this isn't about Jake anymore. Uh, and Ryder has neck brace Cheerio that's like, you know, breathing down his neck. So at least there's somebody trying to pine for his attention. Yeah, but that was after Thanksgiving, though. Like, he didn't know that was going to happen. But, I mean, he... Yeah, I mean, he maybe does, we just didn't see it. <laughs> he does, you know, swipe the dance solo from um, from Jake in exchange for that. Because, he you know, he wants to have something. Um, ultimately, he's not going to be able to do it. He's going to interrupt the conversation between Jake and Marley at, um, at sectionals. Right before they're supposed to go on, which still, I feel like he should have said something at that point, but really he just wanted to get Jake off of Marley's back. But ultimately, it doesn't do anyone any good because Marley's still going to pass out 
um, during the performance, ending their entire run for that year. Yeah. So when we get back from the break, uh, not much has changed. Jake and Marley are still together. When we do get to the Sadie Hawkins dance, Ryder ends up going with neck brace cheerio because uh, he really just couldn't escape her. Um, but I'm sure she's a lovely girl and um, they had a good time together. But I mean, Ryder does get that performance there of I only have eyes for you, which is obviously, you know, he's thinking about Marley oh, there as he watches performance. the two of them, you know, dance together. Um, so but uh, anyway, they go further into the season. You know, they're still trying to find a way to be friends. Uh, Jake ends up confiding in Ryder about how much he cares about Marley and he wants to commit to her and we're getting towards the wedding here uh, but Ryder still does have feelings for Marley which kind of makes this all a little bit awkward along the way uh, and Jake realizes this he's trying to be cooler about all of this by not coming to Ryder with everything but they're bros now so they talk about all this kind of stuff uh, when Valentine's Day and the wedding roll around Jake wants to surprise Marley with some gifts because he sucks at ideas and Ryder kind of views this as an opportunity for himself to you know like if, if Marley was his girl he would have done all of these ideas for himself and he has no place to put all of these ideas. I guess neck brace Cheerio and him did not work out. So he ends up working with Jake to set up all of these different surprises for Marley. Uh, we get the performance of uh, of uh, your all I need to get by, I think, in the classroom there. And then, you know, all the different gifts that keep popping up along the way, which go over super great with Marley. She is very happy with all of them thanking Jake up and down. Uh, but by the end of the episode there uh, with the wedding of it all, Marley comes to, to Ryder. They talk about how Ryder, I know that you were the one behind all of these gifts. Like you think that I thought Jake was capable of all of that. No, I know it was you. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get caught up in the moment. And you kiss the wrong person, right? So, uh, Ryder, Marley, share a kiss there, even though Marley <laughs> is still with Jake. And, you know, oops. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, kissing the wrong person in this uh, series, isn't there? Now that I think about it, this has happened, what, three Just times now? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, this is not good. It's not good, Ryder. It's just not good. I mean, he's able to get all of his feelings out for Marley vicariously through helping Jake throughout all of the, van the Valentine's Day shenanigans leading up into the wedding. So, like, a piece of me is like, okay, good for you that you're still helping Jake, you know, be a good boyfriend to Marley, even with the knowledge that Jake would like to, quote-unquote, seal the deal with her uh, at that sleazy-ass-looking hotel. Because it, 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 on, that means on some level you are still trying to respect the boundaries of the relationship. But the minute, the minute they come back the next week, or for, uh, the next week and you know that nothing has happened between the two of them, you go for a kiss. It's like, come on, bro. Like, so trifling. Yeah. It's like it's he so saw different. the acknowledgement that she was giving him from all of the, oh, no, I get that right. it was you. Like, maybe he's just feeling that moment so much, thinking that, like, oh, well, if she knew the gifts for me, then, like, may as well just, you know, make make the kisses come for me, too. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking in that moment. Obviously, you know, just uh, thinking more with the lust uh, than anything else. Uh, you know, Jake was far from his mind in that moment. But there's two, two of them are still trying to be friends. Jake is going to end up talking to Marley in the next episode and ends up confessing uh, about how Ryder helped him with the gifts. Uh, you know, it'd be kind of awkward to keep that secret, especially with the friendship still being there. Um, but, you know, little does he know that Marley already kind of ruined things all around here. Uh, the Unchained Melody performance happens where Marley sees both guys singing with her, even though it really was just Jake. Uh, and she's going to end up admitting to Jake what happened. Jake is not a happy camper. Uh, and now, you know, now it seems like the two of them are split up. Uh, Ryder is obviously not in the picture. He was the one that ended up causing the problem here. Uh, and we're going to end up having uh, a fourth person enter the equation to uh, get in the mix here as Unique is going to end up coming to Ryder to tell him to stop meddling in Marley's relationship because 
Unique and Marley, you know, BFFs. Uh, Unique wants the best for Marley. So she's telling Ryder to stay out of this uh, while Marley, you know, figures out whatever's going on with her and Jake. Uh, and this is just going to lead into, you know, the remainder of season four uh, of the Unique and the Ryder of it all. Uh, or you could say the Katie of it all. Yeah. Uh, so we are getting into the point where Ryder's true douchebag colors are really showing here. Um, we have an entire conversation and an arc about whether or not Unique is a girl or not and why Ryder doesn't feel the need to refer to her as such. Um, it's just it's just all around bullshit. But he does uh, find a little he finds a little repose with a new online friend um, in Katie since Unique is giving him shit. Marley's giving well, not, Marley's not really giving him shit, but Jake is giving him shit, and everybody else in Glee Club doesn't really seem to care for him. Kitty, more, most certainly. Well, you know, Kitty does try to give him a chance, but he's too far up. Kitty's Later on, she ass. does, but for now, yeah, for now, nobody, nobody talks to Ryder. He has like no friends. Right. Like, the only connection he had was those two that are, you know, were in love, Jake and Marley, and then he broke that up. So now he's just like he he can't find anything anywhere with like anybody, nobody to be friends with or anything like that. What is he going to go be friends with Finn? Like Finn's off doing whatever he's doing at this point. Uh, so turning to Katie, like even looking at it now, or I'm sorry, looking at it back then, it. it it did seem like what the hell is happening here, but I think looking at it all together like this, it's it's it maybe makes a little bit more sense to me about the fact that he just felt he had nowhere else to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he confides in Katie a lot with all the things that are going on. They've been uh, this isn't even the first time that we the first time that we see them talk is not the first time that they have been talking. So they've been talking for a while, um, and you know, sharing secrets, sharing secrets, telling each other things, all sorts of stuff. Just. Getting closer to one another, um, he asks for advice about um, th- what he's dealing with with Unique, and Katie kind of like gives him an analogy that helps him see how he could be misunderstanding uh, where Unique is coming from. He does end up performing uh, "The Bitches Back," "Better Dress You Up in My Love" with Unique during the feud week, and I guess angry people make bomb ass music because it's a good cover. So. <laughs> But it ends up not doing anything for this for this uh you can't even call it a friendship for for these two for these feuders. Uh the the a performance ends and it's like okay maybe we're getting somewhere they sang it out but Ryder still is refusing to acknowledge that Unique is a girl. Uh still being his dickwad self and just being, you know, insisting on like but I'm just so confused. Like one day you say this, one day you say that. And you know, we talked about this all at the time. It's like sure there's a little bit of you that wants to say he is in 10th grade. He's a young kid. He's not fully aware of the world of, you know, of, of just of trans people in general and how, you know, like, I don't know. It's but, but the problem here with Ryder comes down to the fact that he is completely like putting up the wall to it and not being willing to listen to anybody whatsoever, especially when he has people by his side, the Jakes and the Marleys who are like, dude, you are you are totally wrong about this. You are being an idiot. Like, it's one thing to just, you know, be in your own world and, you know, maybe not understand what's happening but when you when the people around you the people that you spend all your time with and regardless of what was going on with jake and marley uh and him at the, at the time like when they're telling you that you are wrong about this and you need to like stop acting the way you're acting and saying what you're saying uh that's the time where you decide okay i obviously don't know what i'm talking about i need to change something up here but he doesn't so uh the two of them do not make uh, you know do not mend fences whatsoever even though yeah mm-hmm. great performance there um and yeah uh so he's gonna end up talking more to katie and katie 
which of course, like let's you know not bury the lead here. Katie is unique the whole time. We're gonna find that out later on. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, unique is out here messaging Ryder saying, well, even if you don't understand this person that you're dealing with, you should respect her and stop questioning it. You shouldn't be making this such a big deal. Uh, and later on, we're gonna get in that episode that you know we're we're just kind of tying up the Ryder and unique relationship for now, not Ryder and Katie because there's still more to come with that. Um, but Ryder and unique, like unique herself, uh, he's going to come to her and to Jake and Marley later and just apologize to all of them because he's been acting like a awful person lately. And, you know, the Glee club is trying to bond, uh, Kitty as well. Like they're all trying to be like, you know, we're the, we're the future of the Glee club. We need to stick together. So he does try to, uh, apologize, but it still just doesn't feel like enough, but you know, we're, we're not done with the story yet. Yeah. Um, it does sort of feel like, well, I was gonna say, I wonder, like, if because of because of the fact that things were like, um, he finally found like he found somebody in Katie. I wonder if that had anything to do with like him being able to. Well, obviously, we know that it has something to do with him trying to, you know, apologize to Unique, and then of course, as soon mm-hmm. as as soon as he, you know, feels like he could, he's in a good spot with them, and then he tries to go meet up with Katie, and then Katie's like, oh, deuces, sorry about it. Um, yeah, because of course, Unique can't meet up with him because yeah. But the conversations still continue. There is a picture now for Katie, um, and it, apparently it's a girl that does go to McKinley, and Ryder sees it for the first time out of this entire school year, finally seeing her, and it's like, oh my god, that's Katie, that's Katie, that's Katie, you know, telling everybody in the Glee Club that will listen to him, like, oh my god, I have to, you know, that's, that's her, like, we've been talking online for so long, and yeah, um, he performs this entire song for her, uh, and at the end of the performance, which is really good, she's like, um, thank you. This is great. I can't believe you know who I am. Um, <laughs> thank you. Like, do you want to go out? Like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I just want to say thank you for, you know, being you. And, you know, we've had so many deep conversations online. And she's like, uh, we haven't, though. But <laughs> listen, I'm going to write down my number. You call me. Okay. All right. <laughs> And he's like, he's literally like, no, stop playing. Like, it's okay. Like you can, you don't have to, you know, be all silly now. Like we're here together. I found you. And she's like, no, seriously. Like, I I don't know who you are. That was a great song. (laughs) Yeah. Call me. But, uh, you're really confusing me. Uh, so yeah, Ryder's pretty pissed off after all of this because he (laughs) is now aware that this was not the person that he thought it was. Uh, and now he's just confused. Which is just leading to more anger. He thinks that it's Jake and Marley trying to pull some kind of prank on him, but obviously we know that's not the case. Uh, Later on, Katie, uh, you know, uh, actual Katie, I don't even know who actual Katie is at this point. I guess I'll call her, you know, unique, uh, is going to message Ryder to apologize and say, you know, I do want to meet up with you, uh, trying to explain the reasoning behind all of this and why it's, you know, being such a, you know, hard process for them to meet up in person or whatever. Um, But this is also the episode where the school shooting, you know, happens in quotations. Um, You know, obviously whatever happened there. Uh, So Ryder ends up, you know, all pissed off about everything. And he is uh, in this moment. They're all scared. They think it's like their last moments. He gets on his cell phone. He calls Katie uh, to see if he can like get some last words in her with her or something, uh, thinking that the worst is about to happen. But next thing you know, uh, we're all in the choir room together and a phone rings. So he hears the phone going off. He hangs up his phone and realizes that the other phone stops ringing as well. So Whoever Katie is, whoever the person he's been in contact with is in this quiet room. It is somebody that spends 
their day with him, somebody that he either considers a friend or at least uh, did not think would do something like this to him. So he is very, very upset, angry, frustrated, all of that. Uh, And despite all of that, he still had a planned time to meet up with her that he was after all is said and done and they get the all clear. He goes to try to meet up with her, but she again is going to stand him up. So he's just not getting any answers and it's just continuing to add on to the frustration Uh, to go back. I mean, he he mentions it a couple times, but, uh, you know, we're going to get to it in a couple of like an episode or two where he opens up even more about things from his past. But he tells us a couple times about how he has a really hard time trusting girls and like letting his guard down, like fully opening up to people. So the fact that he's been doing this with Katie this whole time and opening up to her so much, it's really making him feel something like something that I guess he hasn't felt in a while. Like the fact that he was willing to put himself out there, but all of this leading up to it's like he doesn't want to believe it. He doesn't want to, uh, you know, he pretty much whatever. He just doesn't want to believe it. So um, I think I'm appreciating the storyline as a whole more the way that we're, you know, going through it here um, and like getting the full context context of it. It still does feel a little messy when it happens in the episodes, but the story itself, I think there's something worth discussing here or something. It, it was worthwhile to uh, see it all play out. Yeah. I mean, it just, I feel like there's always like a revolving conversation about online relationships and how valid they are. And, you know, I think that this episode is just not that this Glee is like the leader in PSAs, but I do think that it borrows from reality in that, yeah, these relationships online that get constructed can be just as real as the ones that we see in person, um, especially to teenagers. Like he, he was in the middle of a school shooting, afraid that this was probably going to be one of his last days. And, he thinks about calling the girl that he's been talking to online. Like, that's crazy to me that he just wanted to make sure that she was okay. He didn't even know if he, that she, if she went to McKinley or not, you know, like it's, that's just, that's a lot. And uh, I mean, I, I feel for him there because I think that's a good point. And that, yeah, we do learn about, you know, the fact that he was molested by his babysitter when he was younger. And now it's just really fucked up his entire relationship with women. It's hard for him to make those connections. So yeah, Finding someone virtually probably was like a really easy first step, right? Because there is no physical contact. And then you're able to sort of like get through that initial barrier first and then come to believe or come to find out that all of that stuff is fake. This girl is not real. And if she is real, she's the worst person on the planet because she keeps saying that she wants to meet up, but then she doesn't want to. It's like not all these feelings of like inadequacy or just like fucked upness and all this stuff is like being unearthed again. So yeah, contextualizing that with the big blow up that he has in the choir room, like kicking the furniture and everything really makes everything make a lot more sense. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks. And we see knowing that it's unique and we see how unique is like reacting to that in real time. It's like, like, damn, like I, I kind of feel for unique in the situation too. Like unique was ultimately the one that was in the wrong here, but That's scary. Like, that's really, really scary. Like, you obviously, you hurt this person. Like, you hurt this person, and they are pissed. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we've seen him try to make something work with Marley. It did not work. So, he tried, you know, something with a very pretty girl, like a girl that was very nice to him. They treated each other very nicely, which is seemingly a new new experience for him, given, again, how he's had these trust issues for so long now. Uh, But when that ended up not going well, and he connected with this person online with everything you were just talking about, it seemed that it was going well. But even after all of that, like, even after realizing that Katie is not who we thought Katie was, he still feels a connection to this person through the screen. 
screen. So that's why he's still not giving up on it. Uh, but he's still going to continue to keep opening up. Uh, Lights Out is the episode where, uh, as we already talked about a little bit, that he does open up about how when he was a child, uh, he was sadly molested by his babysitter. Uh, he you know, tells them all what happened. And he's like, that 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 experience haunts me more than, you know, any dyslexia ever could. Like that's something that weighs on me really heavily. And obviously he gets no support from anybody in the club. Uh, really? I mean, maybe like, uh, Oh, sorry. That's totally not true. Kitty does. But at the time, uh, that he opens up, uh, you know, Artie and Sam are the, the vocal ones there that are like, dude, what are you talking about? That's so cool. That's awesome. I wish I had that story. Uh, so he's sitting there feeling like complete and utter shit. Uh, Kitty mm-hmm. does end up coming to him to try to, you know, help the situation here. Uh, Kitty apparently has also gone through a very similar experience. She tells him that her friend's older brother, uh, her older friend's her older friend's brother uh, also did the same thing to her uh, uh, whenever, like a couple of years back, I guess. Uh, and that ended up being why she had to switch schools. Uh, she said that nobody believed her. And, you know, obviously that was an awful experience. So she's trying to open up to him and be there for him. So now he's, you know, he's got Marley on the mind. He's got Marley and Jake on the mind. He's got now Kitty, you know, coming to try to comfort him on the mind. Uh, unique, Katie. It's just so much that's going on. And it's like, you can even tell, you, you can really tell at this point uh, that, it's just he's having a hard time, like knowing where to even focus his attention. So when Kitty comes here to talk to him about all of this, uh, you know, she's essentially like asking him to hang out, try to go on. Like, I don't know if it's essentially a date or whatever, just to spend time together, especially now that they have these shared experiences that they can talk about and, you know, uh, just, I don't know, be there for each other for while they're both having it brought back up. Uh, but he ends up telling her, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, still wants to just kind of stay on the computer and talk to Katie. Kitty's like you know that she's not real, right? You're wasting your time with all of this. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I, I want to talk to Katie. So he does end up talking to Katie even more. He tells her about what, you know, he opened up uh, to the Glee Club about. And uh, I mean, even Katie at this point is confused about like why he's still talking to her. Uh, like Unique, uh, I keep saying Katie, I probably should say Unique at this point, but uh, Unique is like, you know, aware of everything happening here, uh, but doesn't want to stop the conversation because obviously she's enjoying talking to Ryder uh, and she knows that this wouldn't happen if it was just the two of them in person. So she's still, you know, here for the conversation. Um, I don't know. Like I said, his head is just a big mess right now and he doesn't even know what he's doing. It feels like. Yeah. Um, I mean, here is this person in the flesh trying to, you know, reach out to him and to connect to him and, you know, spend more time with him and actually be there for him. But Ryder really can't see that because he's already spent so much time investing in Katie. And even if it's just an idea, um, I mean, I, I, I like the line that he says, like, I don't I don't care who the person is. I just know that the person is real. This person is real. Like, we've had so many deep conversations. And so that alone is enough for me to want to continue to pursue this. Kitty can't quite understand because she felt like she was making headway with him. I mean, she. This is like the the. Well, you know, I hate when a I hate when people use conversations about pain and grief as like means of them being real. Because why is that person any more real than you know when they're happy? So I won't use that. But it is like like some head like the heaviest stuff that we've seen her talk about um, on the show with anybody. So I understand completely why Kitty gets upset. She's like I don't open up easily to people and you are like really kind of blowing me off I'm, all i'm asking you to do is go to lunch with me you can't even do that because you want to stay in the fucking library um talking to this mystery girl that obviously doesn't want to spend time with you real time with you yeah real time with you so um yeah but i mean I, he's he's invested he's already spent the much he's been he's, it's, it's been months at this point it's months it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. put that down and it all culminates in the in the finale episode where he's yep. going to end up he's had enough and he needs to find out who Katie is at this point. Yep. So he says that if uh, 
he's going to quit the Glee Club, and nobody's going to come forward. Gets really, 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 really aggressive. Marley is going to be the one that takes the fall for Unique for right now, says that she is catfished, uh, that she is catfished, rather. Um, she was just doing it as a joke. She didn't mean for it to go this far. She's sorry. This just... He, like, Ryder's like, why? Why would you do this? Like, I get that I interfered with you and Jake's relationship, but, like, come on. Like, did you really have to do all of this? Like, I cared for you. That was the only reason I inter- interfered with the relationship, and then you go ahead and do this. Like, it's just, and, and you, like, uh, all right, well. But Marley's not going to have to be in the hot seat for long because Unique is eventually going to come forward and say, it was me. Marley, thank you. You don't have to take the blame anymore. We get to see a conversation between Marley and Unique. Unique explains that it started off very, very benign, very superficial. Then it got deep, really fast, couldn't stop. Then before before he, before he they both knew it, they were, like, in this thing together. Um, Ryder does not take this well at all. He says to Unique, I never want to see your face again. Don't ever talk to me again. Like, I cannot believe that you would do something like this to me. Um, and he is still planning on quitting Glee Club at the end of the series, or at the end of the season, as of now. Mm-hmm. So... Complete and total, total yeah. shit show. Yeah, I mean, Unique literally, you know, when they first meet up here is like, I understand if you're going to punch me in the face. And he's like, I'm not going to punch you in the face. But like, I, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see any of you. Uh, like Marley, the fact that you're jumping in and, and like, uh, this is just all too much. It's all too much for him to handle. And I can I, full, I think any of us can understand that this is too much for this kid to handle. Like he is in 10th grade. He is not prepared for for. Any of what's been going on here, he's had no support from the Glee Club besides Kitty, and he wasn't even able to fully pay attention to Kitty because he was so blinded by what was going on with Katie. So um, I am like, you know, again, going through this, I am having a little bit more sympathy for the character here because uh, he has, you know, tried to put himself out there. He's tried to make these connections with people and just everything has gone wrong. Of course, he's made some uh, mistakes along the way himself, kissing Marley and, you know, just just going through all of this and still, you know, still being so invested with Katie. It's just like, I don't know. He again, he's not perfect in the situation by any means but you can understand why he wants to pull himself out of the situation by now saying you know once this is all done here with uh regionals i i'm done i'm, I'm not i'm not doing this anymore uh so you know nobody really even sticks their neck out to be like no you have to stay they're like okay i, I get it that's the that's the deal um but i mean it's uh, i almost feel a little silly to be talking about this because when we get to season five uh blake jenner promoted to the main cast along with all of the others uh you know in season five None of this gets resolved in any way, shape or form. It's like it's, you know, the ending of season four. It's like such a big uh, they put such an emphasis on it. But then we get to season five. Obviously, we know that they think that that, that the writers are doing something else with the season, maybe other than what they had planned. But the writer leaving the Glee Club thing does not happen. Uh, The storyline with Unique never resolved. They never have a single conversation about it. They never talk about it. Nothing. It's all completely. They go forward into the next year as if none of it ever happened. Yeah, it's really it's it's really weird. Um, the way that they treat these characters in season five is just abysmal. And then, I mean, it, it seems like they go through so much. Jake and Marley go through so much in season four, only for it all to get undone again. For Jake to pounce in the or Mar or excuse me, Ryder to po- pounce on the opportunity to be with Marley after Jake cheats on her with uh, Brett, and so. It just feels to me like would there would there be a conversation between Marley and Unique about like how Unique just catfished him and how she knows all of this stuff about him now and like would Ryder really be interested in still being with Marley since 
Marley also knew that Unique was the one that was catfishing him and also didn't come forward and tell him. Like, it's a whole mess. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, his motivations go right back to square run. It's just a redo of season of season four. I love Marley. Marley's with Jake. Gotta get uh, Jake away from, from Marley so I can be with Marley. And it happens. And then what? Just like one scene with with these people, with this storyline in mind would have made me feel better about the fact that it just ended out of nowhere, uh, you know, to see exactly where everybody was coming into the season. Uh, I don't need, you know, tons of focus on these kids. I get what we're doing here in season five. Uh, and, you know, it gets even messier with Jake and Marley ending up not together for, you know, majority of the season. But uh, just one scene of, of Ryder and Unique discussing it, you know, ending things. I don't know. Maybe they felt like a little weird about the, the storyline and were like, let's e- just leave it behind because it's not going to be important. I don't know. But either way, it just ends up being nothing going into the season. Uh, and, you know, Ryder really not even very much in this in this season. I mean, he's there. Uh, he sings maybe once, I, I think. But, you know, for a main cast member, really not a lot happening here. Uh, Jake ends up, you know, cheating on Marley. Ryder's going to end up moving in and, uh, you know, getting Marley to go out on a date, which goes well, but she's not ready to commit to anything yet. So they're not going to be a couple. And, you know, getting I mean, we could literally talk about all of this uh, season five content in the matter in a matter of five minutes. Uh, you know, they go to they go to L.A. Jake and Ryder trying to save the day for Marley by you know, uh, getting Mercedes her music to show her like, oh, Marley's a great songwriter. She is going to give up on her dream. We can't let that happen. We have to stop it. So, I mean, no question along the way from seasons four through five that Jake, I'm sorry, that Ryder does care about Marley, but it's just like this relationship was really never going to be. They gave it one last try in season five to see if anything was going to happen, but it just felt like there was never any direction that was genuinely like planned for anything here. So um, it's hard to take the character seriously on that end of things, but I think that whole bit at the end of season four with all of the struggle that was happening there is uh, pretty much like the meat of what happens with this character. Everything else is just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. um, It it really just turns into like uh, being team Marley for the rest of the, uh, of this, the season, which, you know, like, from a writing standpoint, not that I was really that invested in Ryder as a character to begin with. Like, I'm not, like, that bent out of shape. I'm more bent out of shape for characters like Jake um, and Unique and probably a little bit of Marley as well. Um, but And Kitty, of course. But we Kitty ultimately gets her just due at the end of the series. So, yeah. Um, they kind of just, it just fizzles out, you know? It fizzles out just like the Glee Club does at the end of the, <laughs> at the, end of the season. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where we leave with Jake. The next time that we see him is... Jake. Or, uh... Ryder. Oh, I don't know why I keep mixing all these characters' names up. Ryder. I mean, I, I'd um, rather talk about Jake too, but <laughs> true. Speak. I mean, uh, speaking of those two, though, we you know, as far as the two of their friendship goes, I mean, Ryder and Marley. You're, you know, we're not going to get any kind of like concrete resolution for them. Uh, it's more so about Marley, Marley and her songwriting in those final hours. But uh, I guess they try to like close things out with the Ryder and Jake of it all, the friendship that uh, you know they were they fought and they were friends, and you mm-hmm. know they tried to make you feel like you wanted to care about it, but you just never quite could. Uh, too much. Uh, they get that final scene in the hotel room in LA where they just kind of discuss things that went down between the two of them with Jake being like, dude, I really didn't appreciate how fast you moved in after Marley and I, you know, broke up and Ryder being like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Like, let's, let's see if we can get over this. We've made mistakes, both of us and you know, whatever, we're going to be friends. So I guess you can imagine that both of them stayed friends after all of this was said and done. And it does not seem like Marley was planning on getting uh, together with either of them. So um, as far as, you know, in my head goes, this is nationals. This is the end of the year. All of the kids are going to get shipped off to another school going forward, except for Kitty, of course. So uh, 
I don't know if they ended up in schools together, but I mean, we know that uh, Marley does not come back for uh, I Live, so we have no idea what she's up to in life. Ryder and Jake do come back uh, for that, and you know, it's like 10 years later, and they do seem to be friendly when they're up on the stage interacting for like a half a second. They don't even come out together. Ryder comes out with the Glee Project kids, and Jake comes out with like, you know, a bunch of other people. So uh, they do get like one quick like glance at each other or something, but other than that, I mean, that's about it. So. That mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, what we have for the story of Ryder Lynn. He got, uh, what, two, was it just two gold stars? I think it might have just been two gold stars uh, on the entire series, which was from the Grease episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Boring. We squeezed out, what, like 45 minutes or so of uh, talking about Ryder. So uh, better than uh, maybe we could have uh, hoped for. Definitely better than we could have hoped for. Um, like, look, like. The character wasn't all bad. There were definitely moments um, where the uh, where it shined through. Ryder had the potential to be a much blander character than he ended up actually being. So I will um, I have those positive thoughts about it. But other than that, doesn't really do much to change the the tapestry of the show in a in a no. in a whole. So no, the jagged little tapestry of the show is completely unchanged <laughs> by Ryder Lynn. Um, but I mean, unchanged a couple of there we go. Uh, I'm not going to try to one up you, uh, one up, up, up you uh, on this pun game that we have going on, but I just did. Um, anyway. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> uh, what, did they sing any songs about goodbye? I mean, no. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> Never can say goodbye. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> So uh, let's get into Ryder's actual songs before uh, we completely go off the rails here. He has 10 songs to get into, and we will tell you them in the order from the worst Ryder song to the best Ryder song. And uh, that's all we have left to do today. Any final comments on Ryder before we do that? You just know Ryder's personal Wi-Fi is Ryder. I hardly know her. You just know that's what it is. Wait, it's what? Ryder. I hardly know her. Oh, I thought you said like Ryder Hart Lenore. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> sounds, like one of those names they give, sounds like one of those names they give you on Fall Guys or some shit. Ryder that was like, Lenore. Uh, that, like Lenore, like, isn't that like a character in like a poem? That sounds like no, a that's... good drag name, actually. I could totally I see know. someone coming around the bend on the, on the, uh, on the runway and RuPaul being like, Ryder Hart Lenore. <laughs> <laughs> If we ever need to come up with Glee drag names, we'll put that at the top of the list. Um, all right, so that's what we have. Oh my for... god, there should totally be a, a a drag race brand still. How come there isn't one of those? Is there? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure one of those. That'd be fun. But it's like it's it's. I don't think it's the most. It's exciting. really it's general. Like, who won the main it's challenge? Like really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who is lip syncing for their life? Ryder versus Jake. Jake's probably gonna win. He's better dancer. So. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so that's uh, that's it for all of this nonsense, and uh, let's get into the countdown, of course, starting with the number 10 song for Ryder Lynn. Lonely Riverside, wait for me, wait for me, I'll be coming home, wait for me, wait for me.
All right, Unchained Melody. How many times are we playing this song? This is like the third time now. It's only the second time. But um, there it is again. And it was towards the bottom of Jake's list, if I remember correctly. And it's also at the bottom of Ryder's list. I think you just might be a little bit too slow for people, you know? They sound great, though. I think Ryder sounds a little better than Jake. So there's that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's cute. It's cute. It's well, a cute I think, song. I think, I think Blake was the singer that also did some dancing and uh jacob artist is the dancer that also did some singing so yeah yes that would be a thing yeah. um yeah i mean you know it, it's 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 a lovely performance guys i mean it's wrapped up in adultery but other than that <laughs> it's good <laughs> wrapped up in adultery that's just how we like our glee performances uh so there's number <laughs> 10 and uh moving on to number nine didn't know how to play it, but he knew for sure that one guitar felt good in his hands. It didn't take long to understand, so we started rocking. Never gonna stop. Right, jukebox hero. I, you know, already properly crapped all over this one when we talked about it earlier, but you know, came up here at the countdown number nine. So you know, I won't continue to further uh, do all that because it's where I pretty much would have hoped it would be. You know, as far as debut performances go, this isn't bad, especially since you get to team up with Corey Monteith. You know, like what a what a great entrance to the Glee world, right? Like you get to sing a duet with the Finn Hudson. That's yeah. I mean, it's probably better than singing a duet with Rachel Berry. So. Because <laughs> you actually get to sing, so yeah, no, I think I I definitely was. This is a song that I would skip a lot of the time um, when I had first watched the episode, but I've grown to like it a bit more. I, you know, I think I think the Stockholm syndrome is sinking in for it. So there's that. <laughs> All right, well, maybe I'll get to that when we uh, do our fourth rewatch of Glee when the pandemic is still happening in you know three years. But uh, for now, this is where I'm at. So uh, that was uh, number nine. It was Jukebox Hero from uh, episode five of season four. Uh, let's continue on to number eight. Uh, yeah, so sorry to, uh, <laughs> actually I'm not that sorry, but, uh, 
the fact that that performance had, you know, tons of scenes mixed in. Obviously, we were watching like 14 different couples there. We had Becky and that boy. Uh, we had Blaine and we had oh, Blaine with Tina while he's looking at Sam. We saw Rachel and Brody. Uh, none of those eyes were on Ryder during the song, but the song was I Only Have Eyes for You from the Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a really strong performance. I think that, I mean, like, they have found the era of music or the type, the genre of music rather, that fits uh, Ryder's voice pretty well here. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame that there's so much dialogue through it, but I, but I get it. I mean, it's it's a slower song. I I also understand why it's a little lower on the list. I probably would have had it personally higher on mine. Um, but yeah, this is this is this is good for me. I like this one. It's okay. Um, it's you know obviously mixed up inside all of that other. Uh, all those other scenes. So what are you going to do about that? But the full version is out there if anybody, you know, is looking for it on, uh, you know, your music streaming services. So with that said, that was number eight. That was number eight. And uh, we move ahead to seven, number seven. That's one that I think I like a little bit better. Uh, out of the ones we've heard so far, this is the first one that I'm like, okay, this is good. Um, we had uh, Sam performing uh, at the front of the choir room with Ryder staying in his, <laughs> staying in his seat, letting Sam have all the spotlight, but uh, joining in vocally for that one of You've Lost That Love and Feeling. It's from episode what? Episode... This lights out. 20. So that's 20. Yeah. yeah. Episode 20. Um, yeah. This is this is good. I like this as well. It's a. Uh, uh, I feel like this is much more of a Sam performance. I like, get that it's a duet though, but like I feel like his voice is like not like that well pronounced in this song. But I get why it's a part. I mean, out of all the songs that you can possibly give Ryder, this has to be one of them, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, mean, like I, I definitely too. hear him in there. It's it's kind of. I mean, it gives you like along the the uh, gives you along the lines of like Puck and uh, Will doing Over the Rainbow. It's like yeah. just that background support, but uh, still, right. you know counts as a duet right now yeah i like it I, I, I like the song too i think the harmonies are spot on uh i think uh i mean like what i what i enjoy the most about writer's voice is just the timbre of it you just got a nice tone so yeah yeah that was number seven moving on to number six You don't really love 
<laughs> I love how it just ends on like that good note. Uh, <laughs> the punch in the face. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. This is a song that I used to skip too, and now I feel so foolish for skipping. Uh, because it's they sound great on this song, and it's a lot of fun. It's 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 uh, a song that I have heard before Glee, but I feel like I might enjoy the Glee version a little bit better. I don't know that might piss some people some people off, but yeah, I like this song Ooh. a lot. Do you, do you know who sings the original? Because I I don't. I forget who sings the original. I just know that I've heard it a lot, like okay. like growing up. I've never actually yeah. looked to see who is you know who sang. Mm-hmm. This one kind of gets stuck in my head, so I imagine that uh, you know next time we sit down to record whoever you know we're talking about, then I'll be sitting there singing Superman. But actually, no, uh, there's other songs in this countdown that are going to get stuck in my head. So uh, I don't know. This is one that does get stuck in my head, even though it's not one of my favorites. So uh, I guess that tells me all I need to know that I do like the way that they sound together uh, just well enough. So yeah. Uh, Superman there at number uh, six as the two guys get into a big fight at the end to stop the performance a little bit early uh, there in the choir room. Uh, Moving on to number five, top half of rider performances. Interesting the uh, the way that that was all put together. I feel like I need to rewatch that episode to remember like the context of what's going on. Everybody's getting slushied and like the uh, you know the video of all of that. It's like they're just showing us everybody being in such pain from all the bullying of the slushy. So dramatic. Yeah, it felt. I don't know. It's not that you have to rewatch the episode. It's just that that's how the episode was. Like it was just very out of place. Like it was like I thought we moved on from slushies. Like we haven't seen a slushie like almost all of season four, and now all of a sudden they're back full force. It's like okay, all right, but because uh, everybody hurts sometimes because of cold slushy. Because of a cold slushy to the face. Yeah. Uh, no. Um. This is a this is a good one. Um. Sounds great. It's a good solo. It's a bit overwrought of a music video, but. It's a good solo. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of along the same lines as some of these other, some of these songs kind of like blend together. It's, you know, a similar mm-hmm. sound to all of them. You know, very similar performances, just in different uh, episodes and uh, different reasons behind all of them. So that was number five. And we move on to number four, which is going to be the only writer song from season five. Some people sleep all alone every night Instead of taking a lover to bed Some people find that it's easier to hate than to wait anymore I know you don't want to hear what I say I know you're gonna keep turning away But I've been there and if I can survive I can keep you alive. I'm not above going through it again. 
And although this is a fight I can lose, the accused is an innocent I'm torn about this one. Uh, an Innocent Man there coming from the season five, uh, his only season five song. And while I want to be like, oh, that's a good sounding song. He sounds good. I also have a hard time hearing Blake Jenner singing about being an innocent man. Fair point. Fair point. So like, uh, there's that. I just love how, I love how over it Kitty is. At least like, oh my God, like this was season four. Are we doing this again? Like, God damn I mean, it. Same, Kitty. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, she sounds, or he sounds great. I, I echo what you were saying, though. It is kind of a hard pill to swallow. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like this song. It had to be this song. It had to be these words. Especially uh, these two, these two people as well. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, another example. Uh, probably probably one that I don't think comes up very often that I've seen, at least, of like, you know, things on Glee that do not age well. Um, plenty of puck scenes and whatnot that, you know, fall into that category. Uh, okay, we can uh, move on. But yeah, uh, that was the number four uh, voted rider song at uh, An Innocent Man. And uh, let's try to have a little bit more fun here with uh, song number three. Why, it's Grease Lightning! Grease Lightning! We'll get some overhead lifters and some four-barrel quads, oh yeah. Keep talking or keep talking. A fuel injection cut off the chrome-plated rods, oh yeah. I get the money, I kill to get the money. With a four-speed on the floor, they'll be waiting at the door. You know that ain't no crap, we'll be getting lots of that in Grease Lightning. Go, 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 Grease Lightning, you're burning up the quarter mile. Chicks will scream for Grease Lightning. We'll get some purple French tail lights and 30 inch fins, oh yeah. A Palomino dashboard and dual muffler twins, oh yeah. With new pistons, plugs, and shocks, I can get off my rocks. You know that I am bragging, she's a real honey wagon, Grease Lightning. Go, Grease Lightning, you're burning up the quarter mile. All right, Grease Lightning coming in at uh, number three here. Thoughts? If any, if I didn't know any better, I'd say this is like uh, Blake Jenner's bid to revive Grease on Broadway, or at least land the role in the movie. It's a good thing you do know better. <laughs> it is a good thing I do know better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Good. Good performance. Solid performance. You know. Um, Lots of favoritism by giving him the role, and he has nothing to do with the Glee Club prior, but fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, this man was just dancing all over a football field, acting like a fool, and Finn was like, oh, you are going to be the star. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> he's the, he's the kingmaker. He's the leading man around here, and you remind me of myself, so you're going to be in that spot. What? What? Why? Um, but whatever. Uh, it's fine. Luckily, we only had, what, 45 minutes worth of content to talk about, writer about. My life is fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> comes in at number three with some grease there. But I mean, the the video, uh, the the performance of all of this with all the guys being at the tire shop and, you know, the way that they turn it into, uh, you know, the actual grease look is fun. 
It is fun. It is a lot of fun. So, uh, number two, Ryder Lynn. Don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. If I was a sculptor, but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in a traveling show. Oh, I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. You can tell everybody this is a song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how wonderful life is while you're in the all right, there's your song, and I know you're a fan of this one. It's, uh, you know, as, as cringy as it is, uh, this girl is enjoying it. Uh, so I guess there it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. He sounds so luscious and so smooth on these uh, on these lyrics. So definitely, definitely a good one. Yeah, I mean, I if it were me, I'd want to get called as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, in that like, moment, please let me know. In that moment, you know, she's being sang to. There's a band here for her. She's very confused as to what's going on. Uh, I can understand why she is successfully wooed. But, you know, I don't know. Ryder's a lot to handle. So, yeah, uh, I don't know yeah. if uh, that relationship would have lasted too long. So there it is. That that was your song from episode 18 of season four at the number two spot, which means uh, I'll give you guys a big old duh as we get to the number one song on Ryder's Countdown. You know, that man really better be thanking Alex Newell for the fact that he has one Glee performance that stands out <laughs> as like a really good Glee performance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's solid. 
it's solid. It's a it's a it's a good good cover um, and a good mashup. Um, the both of them just bring some sweet and some spice to this. Some sweet and some sour. Some savory and some some everything. It's a geographical tongue of a song, bitch. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. We uh, have had so many podcasts over the past uh, course of what we've been doing here where I'll start talking about this and I think Amon will be like, yeah, we get it. You like this song. Uh, but we both like it. So, uh, yeah, this one definitely stands out as uh, the top song for me. No surprise to see uh, that overall, for everybody, it actually landed up at the top uh, for the audience side of things, for the combined side of things with a pretty decent gap between number one and numbers two through 10. So, uh, you know, makes uh, sense to me. And if you go over to the overall list of things, uh, you're not going to see Ryder cracking the top 10, not the top 20 anytime soon. But I want to say this song comes in at, uh, here it is at number 50. So out of the 300-ish songs, I believe, that are now here, uh, 273 songs, uh, number 50 is where Ryder is going to peak on the list uh, for the time being. Yeah, well, a valiant effort. <laughs> yes. Top 50 is uh, pretty good, but, I mean, that's going to end up not there once we get more songs in there. Uh, I do see his name pretty often down here at the bottom, though. Not in the bottom five, not really in the bottom ten, but... Unchained Melody is currently number 260 out of 273. Uh, Jukebox Hero is 259 out of 273. I Only Have Eyes for You, 255 out of 273. So uh, a lot of low numbers overall for Ryder. Yeah, I mean, he only has 10 entries, right? So it's kind of hard. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, you know... As much as, uh, you know, the Glee universe has disavowed the actor, I think overall the characters kind of come along with that uh, makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, uh, Ryder, we are going to close the book here. And until we revisit uh, season four or five episodes at any point, uh, this is probably actually I mean, we still have to talk about unique and there's ties in for the story there. But uh, point is, I am all Ridered out. Yeah, me too. Um I'm glad that he got his own episode. I think he definitely deserved it with all the stuff that he went through as a character. Smaller character, a character that didn't really, you know, get a lot towards the end of the show, but it is what it is. It is what it is, and that's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you for checking this one out. Uh, go ahead and check out all of the other podcasts that are released in this batch. Uh, you'll have some Kitty to listen to. You'll have some Unique uh, and some other bonuses mixed in there as well. Uh, but thank you for listening to this one. Um, Amon, where can they find us on social media? You can follow us on Twitter and on TikTok at Choir Room Pod. Make sure that you are following us individually as well i'm at amon adwin matt is at matt Logori. uh leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast we'll read them aloud on the show will there be any new tiktoks by the time this comes out maybe maybe also um we did start releasing episode well we already have been releasing episodes on youtube i, mean, I know matt had put up the uh, brant steels our naya birthday celebration episode is up on youtube as well so whatever suits your fancy, whichever medium you like to consume your podcast on, we are diversifying those options. So, Wait, it's already up? Yeah, it's up. I didn't even know. It is up. Wow. It is up and sneaky, running. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Okay. Well, check that out on, uh, you know, if you want to see the video version of uh, not not watching us, unfortunately, but uh, if you want to, uh, you know 
consume some of our content in other ways, you can do that. Um, but yeah, that's it that we have for today. Um, two new TikToks are being promised. So excited to uh, check those out myself since I am not involved in the making of them. I'm not, the, I'm not the talent here. I'm not the on-screen talent. That's a mon. So, uh, glad we have that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> neither of us are on screen. It's just, you know, <laughs> our audio. I mean, TikTok is more on screen than uh, a podcast is. That's true. That's true. Alrighty, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If that is it, we will leave you later.